Welcome to Beyond Strange World. I am Tim here today with Lance in the Crawl Space Studios in Wormtown. Lance, Deadlands, Ghosts. Ghosts. It feels good to be in Wormtown, uh, a.k.a. Worcester. Yep. Uh, the only thing that we have here in Wormtown that haunts us is the worm. <laughs> and from, the landlord. And the too. landlord yeah. sometimes. Uh, and uh, what an what a awkward segue to talk about... Uh, Deadlands. <laughs> we have uh, we have a character in Deadlands who's actually her, she she's called Wormy. She yes, a, that's yeah. that's a good point. Wormy yeah. Annie Sullivan. Yes, one of the one of the featured uh, uh, haunts. Yeah, of uh, of Deadlands. <laughs> but without further ado, we are being joined via the Skype hotline by Christopher Garitano, star of Strange World. What is up, Christopher? Uh, hauntings, poltergeists, and uh, the rest of the season. And enjoying everybody's responses and, um, I, you know, all the hard work that everybody put into this show. The, the greatest thing right now is that I'm seeing strangers that are watching it and, and enjoying uh, what we went through to make it. And uh, uh, that's the most gratifying thing to me right now. And your partner in these, uh, these haunts, these investigations that you were doing on Strange World, we are being joined by Haley on Skype as well. What's up, Haley? Hey guys, how are you? Happy to be here. Well, it's very nice to have you here, and it's really nice to sort of see you two together and interacting because you had a really good relationship on screen, and Tim and I were talking about it, and we're like, I wonder if they get along that well off screen, or if some of the uh, if some of the happenings that you guys experienced affected your relationship in some way. Like, are you scared to even be on Skype with Chris right now, Haley? <laughs> No, actually, I would say Chris kept me safe the whole time, because <laughs> if I were alone, I'd be terrified. I'm glad to have had Chris there. Oh, Very cool. Chris Chris keeps us safe, too, in our hearts. <laughs> um, before we get into this episode, you did say that you appreciate the reaction everybody's had to the series so far. We're just about a uh, little right, right past the midway point. Yep. And uh, so you have four more episodes coming up. And the reaction has been really, really good, and it's been building. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of continuing uh, um, reaching out to you. I, I see the activity on Twitter now that you follow me finally. And <laughs> oh, here we go. There's a lot of interactions <laughs> that 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 keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and it's natural, you know. Like uh, I think in a lot of these cases, you know, it's uh, fabricated, or people are encouraging, or who, if it's paid for, it's payola. Not in this case. Anything that we have right now is strictly whoever's seeing the show and reacting to it, and I love that. Um, so I hope you know anyone that's enjoying it, just spread the word as much as you can, because that is our our strength right now for a second season. Yes. So Monday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern, check out Strange World on Travel Channel. It is a great show, and I feel like every episode, you guys just you pile on top of each other like different ideas, different things, and by the end of this journey, we're gonna we're gonna have learned a lot about ourselves and about the universe. I think that was the whole idea to have a variety and to go through so many different things that are, uh, I think at its center factual. And then, you know, there's a lot of uh, embellishment surrounding each of these tales, but I think most of these things have a factual reason to explore it. And that's why I wanted to do this stuff. And uh, so this episode, episode five of strange world is called Deadlands, And you set out to find out if locations can be haunted. And that was sort of the, the thesis here. And you were sent to Bodfish, California to discuss the Keysville Massacre, 
which is a real thing. You can look it up. And uh, the U.S. Cavalry apparently were ordered to kill natives, um, executed about 35 natives at the uh, the hand of Captain McLaughlin. Right. Uh, you know, this episode started slightly different. It was about a, a case in um, Houston, Texas, called the Black Hope Haunting. And it was a subdivision built over an old slave cemetery. And so the idea was, you know, a lot of people wonder what happened in their homes when they're experiencing this type of activity, like a poltergeist or a haunting. And my question is, what's beneath the home? What happened on the land before your home was built? And that conceptually, that's how it all started. And then um, kind of evolved into this idea of a native uh, uh, burial ground. And so we had this incredible guy with us, uh, Marcus. Uh, he was kind of a Native American uh, medicine man and shaman. And his scenes were fantastic. I mean, he blessed the whole crew. He blessed me before we went forward. I think his whole, his, every scene was so crucial, I, I think, to bring this story together to make sense in the end. Because with, there's so many good things in the episode, but Marcus's scenes were uh, were crucial in, in terms of guiding the audience to understand how to respect the land so you don't experience the curse. So I hope that one way or another we can put those scenes out. I'm going to try and get them just so the people who see this episode can actually see those sequences that were really important to, to the story. Very cool, yeah. But, um, That's an interesting um, thing that you bring up, blessing, blessing everybody, educating them to the land, uh, his purpose was to make sure that the curse wasn't sort of rubbed off on you guys. Do you do you give any credibility to? And I'm not saying I do or don't, but do you give any credibility to the the land and the earth as itself having some some power there, like holding the energy of people who used to be there? I do because I think there's such an impact from things in the past. You know, like people visit Gettysburg and they. Uh, they see apparitions and they see ghosts and, you know, of the of the Civil War. And um, I think even as a catalyst, like you can imagine there being a trauma or something horrible happening at a location. And even subconsciously, that could be building. So even if it's just a subconscious effect, having a blessing could also have a reverse subconscious effect and even things out for you. It's all energy in the end. So whether you believe it to be true or not, it could still have this influence on you. And um, I think that's a worthy discussion in these things. You never really see that. You just kind of see people running around trying to get readings of ghosts and stuff, which is cool. But like, I'm trying to think more about, and, and we were exploring more of the reasoning behind it and what its influence is. Go a little, you know, a little headier and a little deeper with it. Yeah, so I, I like I don't know if you guys have ever experienced something where there was an argument in a room and then you happen to walk into that room and no one's saying it, but you know, you feel it. It's like, what just happened in here? So, it, I mean, it's kind of like that, right? But to a much more extreme... It's every day at the Crawl Space Studios. <laughs> every sure. time the person who uh, brings us lunch comes in, he's like, what Whoa. the... Yeah, he's like, you <laughs> can cut the, here. cut the tension with a knife in here. Sure, well, I mean, even you know, when we were doing this, Haley was having some uh, experiences at these locations, uh, even when you went off by yourself. Like, oh, really? Okay. Oh. Yeah. Here we go, yeah. me off to get B-roll in this like haunted maze that they had set up at the amusement park for like people that went specifically for the spooky stuff. And I was in this maze, let alone being lost because it was maze. Um, I kept hearing footsteps outside 
And I walk it in four times, like asking the producers who was screwing with me. And they were just like, no, like, we swear, like, if you really think you hear something, come back. And I was like, no, like, it's fine. It's probably just like, because a lot of there was like trash bags, like making hallways and stuff. But it was definitely eerie. Like, I knew nothing was there, but like, physically, but you, it was, it was freaky the whole time. That place was awesome. (laughs) I just, I want to back up a little bit. You, you agreed to <laughs> yeah christopher this is all your fault go you into <laughs> this 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 location is an abandoned amusement park yeah i mean if you can imagine a creepier where real deaths happen where real deaths happen yeah. like have you ever been in a school that's abandoned or, or uh, just, yeah yeah like it's, it's creepy creepy it's vibe yeah. sure like i can't think of anything more like i used to not be able to think of anything more creepy than an abandoned school uh-huh. but an, an abandoned amusement <laughs> park and and they're like, oh, go get B roll in the maze <laughs> by yourself. By yourself. <laughs> At- they had to <laughs> yell to each other, and I had to like follow their voices to find my way out because oh I was so gosh. lost in this maze. They did a great job on the maze because I had no idea where I was. <laughs> wow. Did they think any other outcome was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was scary. Did you get good well, B roll? I was going to say there was this other level to the story that was influencing us too that's not really in the episode which is the story behind the land itself of the amusement park which is um there was a family and they had their homestead and apparently there was a conflict between them and native tribes and so half the family was murdered and so there yeah and so all of that trauma happened there on the grounds and so they kept by the, the the kids one of the kids was burned alive we you know, just to keep ourselves because it was freezing, it was raining, it was freezing cold. And we had all these ghost stories in our heads that not in a disrespectful way, but we had to joke a little bit about running into some of these ghosts. I mean, it was like we were in a Scooby-Doo episode half the time, you know, even even some of the characters that were leading us to the location. Um, right. But yeah, such a great backstory to that that land. I, I, I Again, I love the episode. I think it's a really stellar ghost hunting episode, but there were some elements some story elements that I think really could have made it into it. And this is one of them, the backstory of, uh, of the actual specters on the land, you know, the ghosts and what reasoning behind it. Yeah, I, I found it interesting that so you, you spoke with Jay Corlew, who's the owner of this uh, Silver City ghost town, and he said that even though there were natives executed on that land, he was like, it's not the natives who are haunting now. It's the people who lived after that. And that was right. like kind of head scratching to me. Yeah, it's bewildering. Yeah, because that's like, oh, oh, OK. So, yeah. Oh, OK, so that's the so is there some connection to the massacre before? You know what I mean? Or is it just stick with the people who are haunting it currently, I guess? Right. If I, if I were to make it very clear what I think, uh, if there was some kind of influence, like the, the land itself um, could have either been purely just a, a, a negative energy that may have influenced all of these things to happen or the fact that there were all these people massacred there, that could have had some kind of negative influence on the residents that came later. And again, this, this isn't a science. I think people are trying to use science to measure these things and try and understand history and, and put the pieces together. And that's kind of what we were doing there. You know, we had um, seven other episodes to complete. So it was like we couldn't spend forever there. But we really did try. We really did try to get deep into the story. And um, 
that's why I keep referring to these deleted moments because I, I felt that they were making the episode even more dynamic and, for the audience. Yeah, and there was some spooky stuff that seemed to happen. Like uh, obviously, the some of the readers went off, but but a door blew open uh, by uh, itself. Blew open, or oh, that you're right. really it did was, happen. It was pushed. That open. Really happened. Well, was that yeah. wind or what was that? Do you think? No, it wasn't windy at that moment. Uh, you know, I noticed that it was. Again, like I am not. I you can ask Haley. I was serious. I was talking to uh, Jamie Facendo, who was a uh, field producer, and I kept saying, "Are you rigging this? Are you influencing this?" And he was like, "No, not a, not at all." And um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure it was pure. I wanted to make sure the experience was pure. So as far as I know, and trust me, I kept pressing on it. Anything that was happening was happening. Chris, and, we, all, we all know TV is fake. <laughs> We all, a lot of it is. So it is so real. I cannot express it enough. Like there was so many moments in, in filming this episode that we all looked at each other and we were like, no one did that. Right. Like, sure. and some of it with the equipment, like, which was so profound for me, it's like, you can't make it go off with any sort of remote or anything. Like it only goes off if the field around it is messed with. So that was why this was like the coolest episode for me. So the equipment that you're talking about there is the, uh, the REM pod. That, yes. Yes. So you introduce this piece of equipment that's called the REM pod. Tell us again what that is, Haley. The REM pod is a machine with a, it has like different colored lights on it and an antenna. And if you go near it yourself, it goes off and beeps and the lights go off. And it is if the electromagnetic field around it is messed with in any way. So that's why if you put your hand near it, it goes off. But if you stand away from it, it only goes off if something supernatural in the air oh that's fun wow. that was my favorite part was pulling out the REM pod chris knows i was obsessed with the REM pod it was so <laughs> cool um and we had the most interactions with the REM pod and it was scary but like it almost made me feel safer the REM pod because like i knew when they wanted to communicate with us whereas i'd rather it be on and have them talk through that than do anything else yeah and we you know, there was obviously a moment in the in the show where we decided to leave Haley all by herself. That's a, not just once, <laughs> like throughout the entire. I have an idea. Let's leave Haley alone. <laughs> See, now all the truth is coming out. Lure. Yeah, all the truth is coming out. In the beginning, you're like, "Oh, I feel safe with Chris," and now Chris is like, "No, we tried to leave her alone as much as possible." <laughs> yeah, I, but I felt safer with him. They did, and when they left me alone during this episode in Silver City. Um, I don't think it's on the final cut because nothing like, too, oh yes, part of it is nothing like too crazy happened. I had the flare gun, but, um, I was like begging for them to leave the REM pod with me. I was like, I don't want them communicating with me in any other way than <laughs> making the thing beep. But Chris got the REM pod. <laughs> <laughs> so when you first, uh, put that, uh, REM pod on the table and you, you two were trying to communicate with anything supernatural, you heard a noise. Was that the? F oh yeah, that's right. Was that the first time that you had heard something that shouldn't have been there? And it was the first time that you talked to the crew, I think, and and said like, you know, where are you guys? Is this you guys? And they, they said were like, they were in video. Where it's not us. It's not us. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, so and what happened? Like, really? What happened? What was the noise? That place yeah. had a heavy, heavy vibe, uh, for sure. The Berlando house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the mannequins inside. Yeah, that was when I was alone for part of that. Oh, you were I alone was, with all of the mannequins? Okay, so. I was in 
No, I wasn't in. The, I wasn't alone with the mannequins. I was alone in the jail cell. Um, Christopher was with the mannequins. I joined him after that one. I didn't like. I think I liked that room the least. The jail cell. Not, it felt creepy because a creepy vibe plus a bunch of mannequins around. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was scary. So, is there any yeah. doubt in your minds that this place is haunted? No. No. No, because I was actually feeling something. Again, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I would call it, and I don't want to try and portray something that that I'm not genuinely experiencing or other That's people. Right. I was feeling sick. Yes, I wanted to ask was. about that. Yeah, you had to uh, leave for a minute and uh, take a few deep breaths, and uh, and then you kind of were trying to explain to the camera what was going on, but um, it's a little tough to put your feet, you know, in, in your shoes there. You know, it really is true. Like, I, you know, you see this on a lot of these ghost hunting shows, and it seems so cliche because every episode there's this just incredible experience that somebody's having. But honestly, you know, at that location, and again, I was open to nothing happening, and walking into that place immediately started to feel anxious. I had a headache, uh, my chest hurt, and it's like, wow, you know, what is this? And, um, I just had a heavy feeling. Now, I've experienced, uh, and so has Haley, because, you know, talking to her throughout this journey, she told me when she was a kid, I, she's probably going to tell this story in a couple of minutes because it would be cool for the audience about the Ouija board. But Ooh, yeah. I, I saw an apparition once, and I um, actually heard uh, what I thought was a ghost when I was a kid for two nights. And so, and nobody put acid in my cornflakes or anything. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I've had these experiences, and so is Haley, and so have other people uh, in the crew. So it's like you can't deny what you've experienced in the past. And But if I go to a location and nothing's happening, I'm going to say it. I just, you know, I don't want to, uh, I certainly don't want to fake it because we do. there are so many locations where things could occur, and there are good stories surrounding it. And that's really, I think, the center of this episode is just making sure the story is told correctly, you know, like because there is there's a there's a rich story behind this. But what what happened to you as a kid? Because you had an experience. Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, my sister's five years older than me, so she was a teenager, and her and her friends like went to Toys R Us and bought a Ouija board, which, <laughs> in my opinion, is ridiculous that they sell this in a children's toy store. But um, I thought it would be like fun to play with it after like she she wasn't out of she was out of the house she kept it under her bed so I like stole it and I was playing with it and for like months and months I was talking or whatever to the spirit who referred to himself as Zip and it was he said he was a little boy and we were just like best friends I don't remember all the details I was young but um eventually when I was telling my parents that I was talking to some ghost kid they like took the Ouija board and like threw it away like 10 miles away. <laughs> but, yes. um, years later, I went to a psychic. This was probably about six or seven years ago. I went to a psychic and right when I was about to leave our like time had run up, I was about to leave and she was like, wait, just like one more thing. I'm getting like a strong presence here that wants to talk to you. Like, have you ever gone zip lining? And then I was like, no. And she was like zipper something with the word zip. And I was like, that's crazy. She, and she did say, she was like, you weren't like, it wasn't an imaginary friend. Like there's a little boy here that died in an accident years ago and said that like you guys were best friends and he misses you. Aww. And I was like, I was like, like I didn't sleep for like a week, but it was, I'm not like scared of it. Cause I don't think it was a bad spirit, but, um, it was definitely a profound, like that's when I 
really believed like there's no what you can't make that up like how would she have known that have you since uh communicated with him through the ouija board uh, no <laughs> why not let's, let's get you a ouija board um no i i, I feel a, i feel a bonus episode of strange world coming on yeah i'm more comfortable with the rem pod because i feel like the rem pod was was easier to communicate with <laughs> really okay now, are you superstitious, Haley? And how did you meet Chris? How did you get yeah, involved in this? Yeah, how did this start? Yeah. yeah. I met Chris at his movie premiere for his Montauk documentary um, in New York City. And we've kept in contact ever since. Um, but I am, I am, I've always been superstitious and like, I just, I love spooky, like haunted stuff. So when Chris came to me with the show idea and like gave me the opportunity to interview for it, I was like, absolutely. There's like, my 12-year-old self would be, like, beaming right now thinking about this. <laughs> Very cool. You know, there's this great conversation that um, Stephen King had with Stanley Kubrick when they were making The Shining. Stanley Kubrick was like, you know, the idea of a ghost story, it being real, is an optimistic idea. You know, that the fact that we, we live after death. And King's question was, what about hell? So... I, I think about this stuff is like, why is it scary? You would think, okay, if they're a ghost, that means we live on. How fantastic is that? But then I love King's question to Kubrick was, what about hell? And Kubrick said, I don't believe in hell. But I think there is a darker side to the energy that does exist. And um, for whatever reason, maybe spirits behave like people and they want revenge. They get angry. They do things. It could even be like, you know, like in Beetlejuice, like if I was a ghost, I don't know, I'd be bored and just start messing with people. Yes, you know, absolutely. Keys and, <laughs> so yeah, I think about occupied. Yeah, I mean, what's the alternative? Just sitting around? Sitting around and just watching people do stuff? Yeah, that's probably sure. more embarrassing for them <laughs> than they know. <laughs> um, okay. So what about the other devices? Um, did, did Was there another device that you used in, in this episode? The flare gun is the, the one that I was using in that clip you might have seen where yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yes, that's right. Okay, so um, th this red kind of uh, like energies or it reads like temperature in the room, is it? Yeah, it reads temperatures. Blue is cold and then pink, orange, and red is hot or warm. Okay, and you guys had some positive reactions with uh, this device. Yeah, in both places. Christopher had one at um, the amusement park, Lake Shawnee, and I had one at Solar City. Okay, and yeah, one was with the um, the seat, right? the uh, The swing that the little girl uh, died on in an accident, um, right? And you used the flare, the flare uh, on that. Yeah, well, it was freezing, mind you. You know, it, I, and we kept trying to let the audience know how cold it was. It was freezing cold. And so there shouldn't, to my knowledge, how could there be such a heat signature on an inanimate object? Maybe I don't understand the science of the flare gun, but as far as we could see, that, that one swing that Chris, the owner of the, um, the, the amusement park, told us that's where the little girl was killed, was lighting up a bright, warm, kind of pinkish hue. And... And then Haley was standing there. We didn't further elaborate on it, but something, I, maybe you were just spooked out, but did something touch you or push you? So 
I was filming Christopher leaning. I was pushed up against the swing next to the swing that the little girl had passed away on. And there had been numerous times while we were filming the show that our camera guy, Ryan or Nate, would like tap my shoulder and ask me just to get my shoulder out of their shot. And so at first I thought it was that and I like moved over, but I realized it was just the chain of the swing. And I was like, okay, like that was weird. It felt like something touched me. And then it happened again a few minutes later and it really freaked me out the second time because it wasn't like just the swing like on my back because it's not that heavy. It's just a chain and like a piece of wood. And then it happened again a third time and I like jumped away. Like I like threw the swing off of me and like jumped away and like screamed and everyone was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? But it was definitely that out of all like the ghost stuff that we filmed for this is probably the scariest for me because it it really felt like Ryan or Nate like touched my shoulder. It was very scary. The show's over. They're not they're not shooting you right now. You don't have to don't lie have to about lie. this. <laughs> yeah, we all know TV's fake. You don't have to lie about it no, now. I swear. Like, you, have you guys ever seen <laughs> Just the kidding, videos by the way. of like a cat jumping away from a cucumber? That was yes. like me. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you were you were filming Christopher at the time. So you, did you have your camera rolling when that happened to you? Yes, but I don't know if you could really tell what even happened. I think they might do. I don't know if they have it in the episode, Chris. They, it was like you could you just see me like freaking out and like moving over to the side like really quick. So I feel like my shot, if anything, would just make people want to throw up from being dizzy. <laughs> well, what I'm thinking is you go, go into the audio of that uh, that shot and uh, see if you can extrapolate maybe some some hidden voices in there or something. Really, really dive deep on this one. Whatever, like they didn't want me leaning against that swing is the only way that I can describe it. Wow. Jesus. Okay. Okay. Well, why? It's not a bad idea to further analyze it, for you, sure. You should, yeah. We should do that. We yeah. should do that on more episodes of this show. <laughs> yeah. Send us the, uh, send us the, uh, the, the file. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the, now that seat was, was like resonating some kind of, uh, there was like a wind that was coming from the seat. Yeah. Well, Chris suggested that you actually feel something. So I always wonder if it's the power of suggestion. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, you don't have time to sit and analyze this and, and the amount of time that we had to accomplish all of this stuff. I would have loved to spend spent a week out there and covering the whole story. And uh, but, you know, I, I think it's a good episode in the end. I, again, there were a lot of scenes that I think would have made it even more dynamic and would have, I think, helped the audience understand what we were experiencing and why. But as it's as it stands alone, it's a decent episode. And, um, you know, there were things that we were feeling that, you know, it's hard to express. Like I grew up with ghost stories and they were so effective and even reading them or just having people in the family tell them, you know, at night or whatever. And then, you know, the, the story lingers on in your mind. And the whole idea is to bring that to an audience. And a lot of the modern day ghost stories that are being told in these shows are so quick. And I think the hosts and people around them are really experiencing something interesting, but for some reason it doesn't translate over. And so for this episode, we were really trying to get that through. I think even more so in the season finale, um, we really get it. I, I, that one I'm looking forward to uh, the audience seeing because it's, it's not exactly a ghost episode, but um, we're dealing with other entities and things that visit people in the night. And uh, mm. I think, I think we really nailed it with that one. Oh no, I just got the chills. Cause I think I know <laughs> what you're talking about and I can't stand yeah. it. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you, I want to get back to the uh, to the to the FLIR uh, device when it when it records what appears to be a, 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 an area that is warmer than the rest of the area. Are you able to walk through that area? Did you ever walk through that area and feel that it was warmer? You don't feel it, no. Oh, you don't I, feel in, it. Okay. In my opinion, I didn't feel it being warm. Well, wait a second. When um, we were talking to the REM pod, right. I got warm. it got so warm in that bus that we forgot it was cold. Correct. Yeah. And it was freezing outside, really? and then okay. it got cold in the bus. So we noticed yeah. the temperature difference, and there was no real reason for it. I like that yeah. one because and I actually naturally started talking about how freezing it got and we just hear the mic guy running over and he's like, wait, wait, stop. Like, don't continue this conversation until I'm recording because Chris and I were just naturally talking about how all of a sudden when we turned off the REM pod, it felt cold again when we didn't even notice that it was cold while we were talking to the spirit on the bus. Yeah. Okay. I, I like that because yeah. usually when, when ghosts, you know, and on these shows and other things like, like g- ghosts are known to be cold, right? At least that's the cliche. If like a ghost brushes past you, it's a cool, breeze, cool breeze. Yeah. Not a, not a warm bus. So I like the twist, uh, in that. Um, I think that's interesting and, and that could be more, uh, I don't know, right. Like, right. I mean, if, if more you're accurate, ac- yeah, if yeah. You, it could be more accurate. So if you're trying to communicate with a spirit that's there, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be warmer if there were more well, entities? I mean, this makes in the sense. Room? Yeah. Uh, without getting like super sciency about it, we're all made up of energy. What does energy energy create? It creates friction, and and friction is warmth. Mm. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I've heard stories of cold spots. Even my mother had a story um, when uh, uh, I had a cousin that uh, passed away in an accident, and um, so she inherited some of her clothing, and it was the dead of winter, and all the doors were shut. All the windows were shut and she was trying on, I think, one of her sweaters and the door slammed and it got freezing cold in the room. And so, I mean, I grew up with that story and I'm, I'm sure we've all heard stories like this. Mm-hmm. So, but I agree. I mean, that's again, I, you know, I think we need more scientists that would take this seriously. There's some true parapsychologists out there like Dr. Barry Taft. He's he. I, I used to talk to him a lot. He he's a true scientist. He's really trying to analyze this stuff. He'd be a great guy for you guys to that's, talk to at some yeah. point. Yeah, that's a good call. I have a theory on this. Yeah, I, yeah. Let's get into this a little bit more. Okay, so the door slams. The room. The person in the room says the room gets freezing cold. Could it possibly be that whatever paranormal being has entered the room is taking the heat from the person? So it's not the room getting cold. It's the person themselves, like they're. Their their heat is being their experience has changed. Yes, yeah. Not the air in the room. Like what you were saying about when you walk into a room after an argument, you mm-hmm. can kind of feel something there. Something enters the room and and physically is able to drain the the heat from your body. It's a great discussion. Again, you know, this is what you need. Obviously, when when trying to figure things out, as you know, um, you know, all scientists in the past throughout history have had these conversations have tried to say, well, could it be this? Could it be that? And that's where we need to start with this stuff. I, I don't think it should always be in a place of novelty and for entertainment purposes only. And for some people, it's not. But it's like it. I think it's a lot of these people trying to measure it as where we're going to be. Imagine where we'll be in 100 years from now. I suspect that all of this ghost hunting stuff will be on, along the lines of quantum physics and quantum sciences where we're trying to measure a true phenomena that people have experienced throughout history. Credible people like us, you know, uh, even, you know, uh, credible figures throughout history have seen apparitions. 
it's a real thing. Yeah. That's, that's where I leave this. It's a very real thing. A lot of us have experienced it. Now the question is, what is it? And so if you talk to a guy like Dr. Barry Tapp, who spent his whole life with science, at times he suspected, I think, that it might be psychic projection on our part. But what is that? Are we getting in touch with something? Or is it us? Is it another dimension? And so these are all questions that are were running through my mind on this uh, on this ghost hunt. Right. And uh, and b- back to that bus real quick. So th- this is where you were. You were uh, on on this Gaylord White's bus um, with, with the Fleer or no, with the um, the Ram pod or REM pod, and uh, you were talking to it, and you said that you didn't notice it being cold, even though it was freezing. So maybe the vibration of Gaylord White bringing every you know trying to just project enough energy, get enough energy as an apparition, made the room warm and the device go off. Mm. I don't know. I like that. That's my theory. Yeah, I believe it was his favorite thing in the world was that bus. But did he die on the bus, Haley? I forgot. I don't remember, but I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I think write it down. There and he passed away and they left it there. But he had a bunch of heart attacks, and uh, some of them, I think, were sort of attributed to being on the bus, maybe, or a lot of them had when when he was on his bus. Well, well, Chris White felt that maybe it was the land itself, which we need to discuss, is that there were, uh, first of all, there were a, a number of undiscovered bodies on that land currently, but there was an estimated over, I think, 3,000 native bodies on the land there was a whole excavation and uh you know people from a university came down and checked it out and they were you know there were bodies there were wow. bodies all over that land and that's lake and, shawnee amusement park uh rock correct. west virginia yes interesting uh, so it is one big native burial ground that's what the whole thing is plus there's that story of the um the family, uh, you know, having this conflict with the the local native tribes, and then half the family getting murdered in the process. We don't really know the full story, though. What happened? Why did that lead? You know, that one conflict leads to another. So we 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 always wondered throughout this process how did because things get lost in translation throughout history. Why did that happen? You know, and I'd love to look further into that. Again, you only have so much time, and we, and that was one half of the episode. Do you think that there's anything to um, the fact that these areas were a, like a silver mining area and a coal mining area, and there's all all this excavation going on and digging up of the earth? It, does that like do wonky things with the electromagnetism, or do you think that that unearthed something, or did it make the earth angry? Again, going back to a, a previous Strange World episode, Dr. Michael Persinger believed that. Uh, geomagnetic fields and electromagnetic waves affect the brain in such a way where we're experiencing something like a haunting or considering that it might be opening up a doorway to that. That could be too. I have not done the research. We so need I don't answers. Know, but that, that's a good question. We, we want answers, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Get Dr. Barry Tapp. I'm telling you he'll elaborate. Well, I to me, you you guys, you proved that land can be haunted. I'm going to say it right here on Beyond Strange World. I I think you proved it on Strange World that land can be haunted. I mean, you guys were in this haunted location, and I understand also that there's editing involved with television. But you're asking the you know you're asking just out to nothingness like these questions, and your 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 REM pod is going off 
to the point where you're like, I, I, we got to get out of here. It but, was just too much. Yeah, you are kind of able to communicate with it. You can, you get enthusiasm from it based on the lights uh, blinking and uh, the, whether it's solid or blinking like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Were you? Was there any moment where there was any doubt in your mind that you shouldn't leave because you asked the spirit, "Do you want us to leave?" And it said, it basically said yes. And you're like, "All right, <laughs> we out of yeah, here. we got out of there so quickly." Well, I did that because, and I've heard so many stories throughout the years, but when I was a kid, I was 14. I was at one location. I woke up to this whispering, and I was the only one that walked around the house looking to find out where this thing was coming from. And then it, I picked up a hitchhiker because the following night I was at my parents' house <laughs> in my bedroom and the same thing happened again. And so I, the reason why I walked out was I don't want to pick up anything. And uh, Alina, who was one of our field producers in the crew, did pick something up. And I don't, you know, I guess it's a little personal for her, but she experienced that in hotel rooms like we were at and she didn't want to do a ghost show after strange world because oh. she kept having bad experiences which in the season finale you actually see one happen so uh oh this okay is i can't wait for you guys to see this <laughs> so that was like the scariest oh my gosh so when you said you picked up a hitchhiker you didn't mean you you were out driving and you saw someone with this thumb out uh you mean that a, a ghost or an entity some kind of spirit attached itself to you yes for sure. Um, I get chills just thinking about what happened. When I was 14, I, I stayed at a friend's house one night. I don't know the history behind his home or he was living with his mom and his sister at the time. And I, you know, we'd all, you know, we fell asleep and um, I woke up abruptly to this sound of whispering. It was a female voice whispering. I couldn't, it was almost gibberish. I couldn't really understand what it was saying but it was loud and at first i yelled to my buddy and my other buddy in the room they were sleeping on the floor and he was on his bed and i said guys what the hell is that and they said shut up go back to sleep <laughs> and so i get up and i walk around the house because i was just completely captivated by this and terrified at the same time and i ruled out every possibility in the house and i just went to sleep terrified like what is this and so the next night, I'm in my bed in my parents' house, thinking about it all day on and off. I slowly fall asleep, and then it starts again. Now, it never happened after that, never happened before that, but I was wishing it away that night. I was like, I cannot deal with this. I don't want this to ever happen again, whatever this is. And, I, and it never happened again. But I feel that whatever was at my buddy's house followed me somehow. And I've heard stories like this before that you do pick up hitchhikers you you can get something that uh that it can attach itself to you and so i'm cautious about going into haunted locations um demonically haunted locations you know you've seen these other ghost hunters and they say that they've been affected by it i mean zach and ghost adventures says his eyes were damaged and all this other stuff so i'm not interested in that you know i love <laughs> these ghost stories but i'm not interested in having uh, my body physically destroyed or psychologically destroyed or having to deal with whispers in the middle of the night. That's I have been enough uh, shit to deal with. Haley, you seem into that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Chris, really, every scary place we went, Chris said one million times, I don't want to pick up any hitchhikers. <laughs> like, a million <laughs> times. This is not a first time I'm hearing this from him. <laughs> he did not want to be messed with. I was... I'm not really afraid of it. I feel like I have a lot of good spirits surrounding me. Um, and a lot of the time, the ones that we were talking to, I didn't 
feel threatened by them. Like Christopher would ask a lot of questions about like their background and if they were angry and stuff. And of course some of them were, but like a lot of the time I didn't feel like threatened by them. I think that we had, we got lucky and we had, I feel as though we had some spirits that wanted to help us get information rather than hurt us. So they want help ultimately. Like what do they want? What do you think they're, they're hanging around for? Well, we definitely had the one in the jail cell. We had that was one of our most profound ones. This one responded a lot to Christopher and my questions. And Christopher asked seemingly that this ghost felt trapped in the jail cell and wanted help like moving on and getting out. And that's what we talked to that one about a lot. And you you left right. the jail cell pretty abruptly. Cuz that one almost Christopher, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like we would ask questions and their answers weren't very consistent. They would almost just answer to whatever we said. Like they just wanted to make the thing go off like crazy. It was just be like there was a point where like we needed to like shut it off because it was like it just wouldn't stop beeping. Right. Well, if this was the ghost of the gentleman we were talking about, this was a guy who was kind of crazy. Yeah. He was brought into the cell and tried to burn his way out or at least tried to kill himself. I was assuming he was trying to end his own life because he was just nuts. And, and, and he tried to light a fire in the jail. It didn't end up burning the jail down, but he died of smoke inhalation inside that cell. And um, so I was, okay, so people have said that they've had their hair pulled or they've been pushed. And instead of yelling at this, if you want to really try and attempt to communicate with a spirit that might be there, Instead of yelling at it and being aggressive with it, trying to understand why it's doing this stuff and maybe met- metaphysically, like what get, get in the head of a spirit for a second that's kind of trapped in this thing, that maybe he's perpetually in this state and he's just reaching out, seeing glimpses of people, almost like we see apparitions, trying to get somebody's attention because he's just forever stuck there. So that's how I was addressing if, you know, I, I went forward to try to actually speak and communicate. That's how I was addressing it with the Renpoff. That's a really interesting uh, point of view on that, that they're, they're, they see us the way sometimes people see apparitions, that they just see glimpses and, and probably are just, like you said, sort of scraping to get anyone's attention yeah. to get them you know, moved on to the next place. And Sounds torturous. Yeah, and you can see where some anger might come from uh, on their end just out of desperation. I'd be pissed. I, yeah, I, I, mean, was actually, yeah. I was actually pissed that we weren't contacted to be extras in this episode because I really wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be the guy who play, who's playing the guy in jail. Oh, okay, he looked, he, yeah. Yeah. That was, it was amazing. That uh, was pretty amazing. Well, I promise that'll happen in another program, Second Season Strange World. Yes. I promise that'll happen. All right. Uh, haunted right. podcaster. We got you on record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, so, Haley, Chris had told us a while ago that you sometimes will go off on hikes by yourself and, and do things like that. Uh, a, your experience on this show, has that changed your um, outlook on, on, hey, I'm just going to, you know, go on a couple day hike by myself? Is it, do you, do Honestly, you... no. Because Chris knows me. I, I'm always like, I can't be, I can't live life wrapped in bubble wrap if I go, it's my time. But um, I'm going to be saying that a few years down the road. <laughs> Chris gets like, so oh, it's my time. You're going to say, I want my time to be 300 years from now. <laughs> um, I'm always safe and I take every precaution that I should take when I go hiking on my own, but it has made me more cautious of like 
I, I, I definitely listen more than I did. I like when I'm hiking, I've been hiking alone since filming the show and whatnot. And I listen more. Where are you hiking alone next, Haley? <laughs> yeah, Tell yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to put that on the air. Because do not do that. Yeah. Do you, do you bring a <laughs> REM pod with you? Is that how I'm, you... honestly, I'm more afraid of murderers than I am of ghosts, I think. Yeah. But okay. um, that's fair. Very fair. Again, I just think I have good spirits surrounding me. And I think that Christopher and I were respectful in our journey. We weren't yelling at them or like, trying to argue with them to piss them off. Like we were genuinely just trying to get them to come forward if they wanted to. Yeah. And I think that we didn't pose ourselves as a threat. So hopefully we didn't anger anybody on well, the other side. Yeah. They invited you in. They said, here, here's open the, here's the, the door. door is open. The door you. is yeah. open. <laughs> Literally opening the door for we're you. We're holding the door for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I feel yeah. like you both have, uh, uh, acquired, a hitchhiker. They just haven't made themselves known yet. Oh, I may have, but not from that episode, from the season finale. There's oh, this boy. Robert. Yeah, if it's anything, it's the season finale. Yeah. I didn't sleep for days. Wow. Wow, I cannot wait for this. I know, my goodness. I'll yeah. tell you more about it when we get to that episode. <laughs> I had an what experience here at my home, and I think it's because of this guy. He's like the uh, spiritual equivalent of a guy with a cold you do not want to go near this dude and he loves it i was like oh yeah i get visited every night by these really perverse creatures and entities and i'm like dude i don't want that I'm so- <laughs> and he loves it wow yeah. Jesus. well i can't wait to get to that one um yeah this is great once again the time just flies by when we're doing this i know i love having these conversations this so- is such a good episode too yeah God. yeah so well done um thank you very much for joining us here check out strange world at 11 p.m. Eastern, Monday nights on Travel Channel. Thank you very much, Christopher and Haley, for joining us here on the Skype hotline on Beyond Strange World. Stay safe, guys. Yeah, no hitchhikers. Thanks, guys. No, yeah. no hitchhikers and or Haley, hitchhiking. Leave, a, leave a number when you go off on your hikes alone. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Thanks.